Welcome everyone to Heroes of Gaming, the podcast channel that talks with the people who make the games we love. This week, from across the world, a symphony has reached our ears, turning our heads east towards the United Kingdom to discover a rising talent who combines his life experience and skills into developing a standalone epic video game series called Sword of Symphony and Purpose Versus. He is a self-taught composer, musician, arranger, animator, and now an independent video game developer. An entrepreneur with an ear for perfect pitch and a mind matching Yoko Shimamura, and a heart passionately filled with the philosophy of meaningful stories that can move us emotionally. Stephen Dungu, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for that very poetic introduction. That was amazing. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I mean, you're you're a poetic guy. I mean, this is this is an, an incredible moment for me because I'm very excited to speak with you. I discovered you actually on TikTok. We just joined TikTok and I was like, oh, I'm not sure if we should do this. And then when I saw your work, I was stunned, stunned. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed the content so far. In fact, actually, I'm about to upload another to like, you know, share the people I've been working on like, over the past week. So, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so exciting, Steve. It's so exciting. Well, uh, uh, so you, you actually recently graduated from, uh, De Montfort university in Leicester. Is that correct? And that is very correct. Yeah. How was that experience, uh, at De Montfort? Well, I joined doing law and then, um, around about after first year, I decided that even though I do love law and I still love it to this day, um, I'd rather do something that, you know, my passion leans towards law rather than law, even though I am passionate for law. But um, ever since on the side, I was a music composer, actually. Um, and I'm a music composer first and foremost. So I decided to make the change to explore that more in a kind of fuller sense after the first year of, you know, um, of university where I was doing law. But initially I wanted to do animation because I already knew how to do um, music composition since I've been doing that. Ever since I had a music YouTube channel. And by then, I think I had around about like 1,000 subscribers. And it was doing really well. And that was kind of like my hobby on the side. And I was prepared to just continue having that as a hobby on the side, as it still is now. So I didn't really feel the need to do a whole university course on something that I pretty much already knew. I wanted to do something that I actually to learn because... I had the idea for purpose actually around about the same time and that wanted to learn 2D or 3D animation or both as I do now. And I wanted to learn that in a, I, I, well, back then I preferred to learn in an institution like university. So I, when I switched my course, that was like one of the first things I decided to switch it. And I kind of knew the very basics on a new level of animation and, um, for me to switch course, they wanted um, to see a portfolio. So I had to like quickly show them what I was currently working on back then on my content on purpose. And I mean, it, when I was dying, it was really good. So um, I got rejected. So as a result, I then decided to, well, pick music technology since that was the only, well, music course available. Um, they didn't really do like music, just fill on music. Um, it was either that. Well, they had two music courses, but both of them were very technology-based. And it was more to do with um, the sound engineering side of music rather than the actual like 
study right sort right. of the object right. theory of yeah like music theory essentially okay so um so i picked that because i was like the closest thing to my passion that was available and i mean i had already well sat handed in my um leaders letter for the um war course so it's not doesn't make any sense just to be like oh change my mind <laughs> right uh, right so uh, so yeah i decided to um do music technology and um yeah, it was fine but um most of it was most of it that I got out of it was mainly just to um for me to learn how to mix music properly which I mean music before that and it, it sounded good but I feel like um even though I could do that it has definitely helped in um, helping me understand why it sounds good from a technology sound point ah yeah use that to my advantage and kind of like come up with even better ways to sound make it sound even better and sometimes when I didn't really know why something wasn't sounding as good, like now I know why. So um, there are other modules which I don't necessarily use, but um, that the module that's focused specifically on like the actual mechanics of sound and how it blends well together, that's kind of what I use um, now to this day. And also there was one module to do with um, music publishing, and that has helped a lot in the business of what I do now because the music publishing industry is very similar to the games publishing industry, but they use a lot of the same uh, business models. So that's kind of like helps navigate around that as well since I've been receiving a lot of offers. But in terms of like university, like the experience, um, yeah, it was mostly um, the assignments and payout stuff that I knew out most of what I knew how to do before because some of the assignments were um, had you had to basically uh, compose a song and then sound engineer it. So I already knew how to like. Oh yeah, I got you. I got you. And I I read somewhere that you you started in music at eleven years old. That's when I started composing music digitally because um, I got my first laptop when I was around about nine years old, and then I discovered uh, through school actually um, back when they used to use like garage band for music lessons. Um, that's when I discovered that you can actually like you know, make music digitally. Cause I always used to think that sound like music soundtracks were always live orchestra based instrument based on stuff. So when I found out that actually uh, most of it is done digitally, um, so plus, um, that's when I downloaded the software myself and I was around by that and I had been uh, a digital composer really ever since. So yeah, but before that I was always, um, making music. Um, just on my keyboard or my, my little piano keyboard. Um, there's been a thing since longer than I can remember. I mean, my mom says that that's since two months because she had a small little um, piano keyboard that you give your little um, kids and that sort of stuff. And that was basically obsessed with that. And um, my earliest memory is around about three-ish, four-ish years old when I had my, um, when my mom bought my what well, my first kind of keyboard essentially like a proper a casio one uh every single day almost 365 days a week um a, a year even uh, i'll be playing on it literally at, at the before school after my mom has gotten me ready um she'd get herself ready and while like after i finish my breakfast while she's still getting ready i'll be like playing on the keyboard just you know just seeing like, yeah, just that of pure obsession of it. And, um, like I'd learn the way I'd learn is, um, I'd basically be inspired by stuff that I've heard and I want to try it out. 
and basically see like what kind of like chord combinations sound well or sound nice together. And I kind of like understood the overall kind of paradigms of, of music basically just from that, just from noticing the patterns and noticing, you know, because there's only so many things that sound well with each other and so many like you start to understand it more, almost like a language essentially. Once I got the grasp of that myself, that's kind of like how I became quite apt in like music as a whole and you know it's quite second nature to me since it's almost like a language essentially like in, in the in the, in how fluent with it like it, and that's come from like you know years of just first-hand experience that is incredible i mean it's no like formal training or anything you're just kind of feeling your way through bathing in it and just absorbing everything and you're going by feeling and and with your ears and you know so when some people do that they <laughs> Typically, they don't come out like, you know, they're like, hey, this is a great song. And everyone's like, oh, man, now you've been locked in a room too long by yourself. But when you but when, when you do this, man, I, I like it sounds like an orchestra. It sounds like, you know, these the some of these Japanese musicians and composers, they're classically trained for decades. How are you making it sound the same? From practice. Like, yeah, like I said, it never always, my music never always used to sound I mean, as, as good as I like to think it does now, like my style in music is based a lot on like, you know, techniques on how to use the same melody, but reharmonize it through the chords. And I feel like that kind of brings more out of the um, ideas, the musical ideas of the music. And I feel like a lot of them, like I said, like Japanese composers and like, you know, like famous composers and a lot of their music actually, well, to me, a lot of their music sounds good because they find creative ways of doing that specific thing essentially uh so um that kind of like like my way of learning kind of set me up for that essentially and then it basically became the way i compose music like up until like and um, until this day and even like well like i, I actually see myself doing that because that is essentially how i compose music so wow that's incredible how how incredible steve that's great you know i really want to get into the to the games here of this psychopaths is one of your one of your favorites is that true so you, yeah 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 so you're inspired by psychopaths i mean for me it was like trigun or helsing you know those are a little bit more old school you know and i was like when i watch those animes i'm like wow this story is huge i mean it is there's through lines and, and characters that matched uh with other characters and big reveals and I mean, better than anything that's on TV, you know, that's on normal TV, you know, it's like, this is the real deal. So I know that affected me, but it affected you as well. I mean, you're like, no, I want to tell a story. So how did you, how did you come up with this stuff? I mean, how did you create purpose out of being inspired by some of this animation? With, um, so with Psycho Pass, for example, I was more inspired by um, how it was able to convey like their philosophical messages through their characters that sort of stuff what necessarily determines right or wrong like what such a subjective concept you know seeing how well that was done in animated format and um i already had a passion for like you know doing animation not not like on the level i am doing it now but i mean i had the software on my on my computer and that sort of stuff and like i only knew like the basics of like blender and that sort of stuff but like I already, like, like I said, like right about that time, I had the idea for purpose um, and kind of like 
my characters, my own like uh, philosophical kind of like subjects that I wanted to kind of convey through my characters. So after seeing how well Zach did it, it kind of like pushed me to finally do it because you know, like before that point, it was just like you know, just sketches in my sketchbook uh, occasionally. Yeah. So actually, hand drawn, like actually, yeah, yeah, well, well, like good sketches, <laughs> but like you know, the <laughs> no judgment sketches, no sketches. Yeah, and I only I only got good at um. 2D art recently, like over the past um, one or two years. But um, back then, it was just like sketches in my sketchbook. And, um, you know, just like um, character ideas that like occasionally come up with, like, you know, like whenever I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, that could, that could be a cool story. And then the, the movie just like shelve it, but like bit by bit, like, you know, continue to expand it. And then, um, yeah, after seeing Psycho Boys, I was like, technically speaking, I could something like this has in state and i already had the idea for it like music wise i'm pretty good at that um and i could learn how to do like animation and sort of stuff via tutorials like like i well previously learned myself how to do the basics of blender although um i just thought i could start you know i could i could definitely you know manifest this vision of mine but i just need to you know improve on how where I am right now to the point where I want to be and then, you know, make it come to life. So uh, uh, since then, I've run about um, summer of 2017 to October 2017. That's when I started doing that, basically. Wow. And and so summer of two, uh, 2017, how old are you at this point? Um, I just turned 18. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I laugh because you know when I turned eighteen, I was trying to figure out how to drive a car. Yeah, but you're doing like these incredible things with these incredible programs um, that people usually take, you know, really years to develop. I mean, do you ever sleep? Yeah, not in the beginning, but um, (laughs) but I mean, as the more I got done, the more I could. Well, the one, the more I allowed myself to rest, essentially, because um, you know, my work ethic is very intense like when it comes to the things that i want manifested so definitely in the beginning when like no one knew about it yeah no just an idea in my head especially with like you know the um the fact that since it wasn't manifested yet i couldn't really get people to believe in it since there was one it wasn't necessary this kind of stuff isn't necessarily you know the common thing that people can just believe it will be like it will get because it's usually done by like you know huge studios and that sort of stuff so it really i really was like it just made me want to prove that I could actually do it. Not just to them, but like to me, like, because it seemed plausible Them everything that I could, that I had the potential to learn. The end result seemed very plausible. It was just a matter of, I could, I just need to do it and stay focused. And in the beginning, I, like I put almost a hundred percent of my focus into it. I mean, relatively, I still do that now, but um, like it was a lot more intense since it was like trying to make something from nothing essentially that is definitely how it started off and i also imagine that the excitement of creating something is also kind of kind of keeping you up a little bit like this is very exciting you 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 make that headway and you're like yes okay this is this is something but then you got to redo it you know like any artist i mean i've seen online 
you you're so generous with the amount that you share with people. I think it's so wonderful what you do. It's very inspirational, but it's also very, like I'm saying, it's very generous because you're actually showing the process and really opening up your wounds and saying like, yo, this is, <laughs> this is my fifth time I redid this. This is my eighth time. I, I went back <laughs> over it. That's great. I think that's really, really great. What makes you so uh, vulnerable and and willing to share that out there in the world? It's just that I'm very aware that a lot of people also want to do this. And also, um, especially recently, um, I've had a lot of people tell me that, you know, I've inspired them to do the same. And I think even back then, but it was like, you know, the numbers were a lot, lot well, a lot less, but I knew that if one person was saying it to me, there's a bunch of other people that are potentially thinking the same thing you just haven't told me yet. So that can put me in a position where it's like, you know, I want to, I want people to see that this is what you have to go through to manifest the vision. Because a lot of people will be on the assumption that like, you know, it, yeah, if it's not like, if you just do it first try and then like, you know, you don't, it, or, or if you don't see results straight away, or if you find yourself like, you know, doing circles around the same part over and over, it's just not working. And then, that's what causes people to like, kind of like give up sometimes and like, or quit. Like, I mean, with the story of a purpose, like I wrote the draft like 10 times, like before, like I settled on like the finals 10th and the 10th was very, very different from the first, like almost night and day. Um, I think at one point, uh, it was, <laughs> at one point it was like a fan animation for Sonic. And, yeah, and, and Sonic the Hedgehog in like one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but because um, it actually um, well, it didn't start off like that. But I kind of wanted it to be like that because um, my old YouTube channel, well, not my old YouTube channel, but like the YouTube channel that I had for my music was like I had a Sonic fan base because I was doing a lot of Sonic covers, and then I kind of wanted to kind of blend it together to kind of bring a recent audience, and then like, and then take Sonic out of it gradually, and then like kind of have the audience appreciate it for what it was. Like that was kind of like my plan. And it kind of, it did particularly work because like my 1000 subscriber special, like I did make that crossover animation. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's unlisted now because I mean, the animation's trash, but, um, <laughs> but it kind of did like give eyes set. It kind of did work in like, like put in eyes on purpose. And then that's kind of like, like where my earliest purpose community kind of comes from essentially. But, um. Yeah, no, like the um, transparency of my, um, of my, um, of what I put out there and um, kind of like, yeah, like what I let people in on when it comes to the development. Um, yeah, that's purely because I want people, especially the people who also want to do this and were in a similar situation, in the similar shoes that I was in when I started. I want them to know that this is, this is the life, like this is what you will have to do. It, what you have to go through the tribulations that you will run into like in the journey essentially like i feel like um the journey isn't shown as much as the end result and then people and there's too much of a divide in terms of like mindset wise and when people look at the end result and that and then it's like oh this must be easy or oh this oh, oh this is too difficult or oh, this is this is some like this is impossible to do alone but like it really is. It's just like, you know, they don't know or they haven't seen how it can be done. So I want to kind of be that bridge essentially to like show that, you know, like I am working towards this goal. It is going to be done. And this is, this is how, you know, to get there essentially, you know, so that anyone who's like watching, like they can understand that, you know, 
you can really go from point A to point B. Like it is absolutely possible to do so. Like, you know, like it's not, it's not impossible for whatever, like, you know, it, like, you know, irrational reason that they might have at the moment. Like it is, if you just focus, you can definitely get there. Definitely wow. speak up on the show. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. My grandfather used to say the fastest way is the slowest way, which is like. That is, is that's what I say too. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the shortest route is the longest one. That's what, that's what I've always said. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because it's the hard work, right? It's the hard work that goes into it. And the amount of hard work, you're not just talking about work ethic. You're also talking about like fail fast, learn fast. You're like, you know, hey, look, yeah. if this is not working and I, I might, I'm realizing it's not working. Um, so what can I learn from it and how can I do better? Mm. I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's amazing, man. You're, so your philosophy, it's also um, woven, you know, within this, uh, within these stories, right? Like in the story of purpose, these characters are very driven, you know, they're very, very uh, dedicated to their cause. And I think um, it would be cool because we, because purpose uh, versa is a, is a 13 episode like show. Is that, is that correct? And then, is, yeah, okay, cool. And then uh, purpose versus is an actual game you're developing. Um, and does one dovetails into the other, correct? Like, do you, do you have to watch the yeah. show? To understand the game or uh no you don't have to because there will be a point where they converge but um so you will be you will have you will know content in both if you if you follow one either way same universe but, um, yeah same universe and both events of both um titles happen simultaneously to each other like it's just like taking the perspective of two different characters. You'll see, like it's quite dark. Like mm. the story of purpose is probably one of the darkest things I've written ever. Because like purpose and sort of sympathy aren't my only works. Like I mean, there are others that are not yet revealed, but will be. But purpose is by far by fans life. It is the darkest thing I probably might ever write. <laughs> I mean, they might be feeling darker if I'm just feeling that, just feeling that evil. <laughs> yeah, it's very dark. So, like, yeah, that no witness policy is anyone, anyone. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Well, I mean, the darkness also, you know, it, it, it gives example of these extremes, right? These extreme situations, life and death and, and really determining what is your purpose, which I think is a, a really cool overarching title for this it's just it's just you're brilliant you're just brilliant steven sort of simply it's basically a game where you fight with the power music and you um your the, the main character which you play as is um a boy named stefan and <clears throat> she is a part of this detective well musical detective cell um, um basically put together by the royal council of sonata which is basically the governing um, kingdom of the land which which you know all the composers live in and um this detective cell called opus one they um are tasked with solving various music 
mystery, music-based mysteries throughout the kingdom. I mean, everything is essentially music-based. Right. Like characters are called composers, right? These, the magic characters are composers. Yeah. When you start your music training, um, you're a protege essentially, um, because, um, every, well, music wielder is assigned to, uh, a composer who is like their personal tutor. So they're similar to like, you know, to like, you know, like in the real world kind of sense, like you're like a, like a, like a music tutor essentially. But then this is kind of like a, like a master student relationship. And then um, when they finish their training at the academy, then, you know, and they graduate, then they become, they become composers, but then like they'll have to, to further their education on, in like a music composition. That's when they get their composer license since, you know, they're, they're a certified practitioner in music essentially. So that's when, if they're going to continue their own musical education, otherwise, you know, they just, they just work. What's wow. a job essentially? Is it like somewhere between like, uh, like a detective, like police station and, and some sort of like Harry Potter situation where it's like you, you're training up, you're learning like techniques, you're learning skills, leveling up, and then you graduate to it like a detective status. Basically the, that's just one path you can go into. That's just like one field you can go into. And um, actually, like the way composers go into that is they um, is based on their academic well grades, if you will, but like kind of like the um, what the um, what the administrators of that feel that you would be good at, and then you're given the invitation to join Opus One essentially. And I can't wait for things like you know staccatos or or um, bass uh, clefs or any anything. All that stuff is I, I feel like there's just so much so many places you can go with music and and I'm really excited to see it develop more. There's a reveal trailer that came out, which is really slick, really clean. Um, it looks really good. In that reveal trailer, this this music is so beautiful. Is this the theme for Sword of Symphony or is this just Stefan's melody? Yeah, that is just Stefan's melody. So the theme of Sword of Symphony is different, but not too different since you know Stefan is the main character. I kind of want it to be kind of like similar in a way, essentially. But I'm not I mean I've already composed it. So it like that is basically what it is. But um yeah. No, the one in the um trailer, that's Stefan's theme. Nice. Because um as as the musical notes come up on this sword, like you hear that in the trailer. So that is that is Stefan's theme. Wow. And it's just it's just right? at least that's the basic the ba- at least that's the basic version of Stefan's theme. There are developments to it where shovels are composed and you know that's kind of like phase one if you will of this theme that's fantastic and um there's also uh you know there's some videos and stuff online and there's some of uh that that uh, actually demonstrate some of the uh um attacks and things and each attack creates a certain a certain piece of the melody um and can you string attacks together to create like an entire song? Oh. Yeah. In fact, you're, in, you're actually encouraged to do so. Um, the way the um, combat works, which people are going to see very soon, actually, since that is actually what I'm working on, is um, <clears throat> every um, battle sequence, if you will, like happens like you fight enemies in waves. It's like a wave-based combat. And um, the way it works is as you work your way up the waves, um, the, in, the, the musical environment develops your, the music that you attack with kind of complements that until you unlock your main theme and then the music transitions to your main theme as you defeat well the final 
wave with that basically so um yeah that's the that's kind of like the structure usually that's the usual structure of like you know, the combat in sort of symphony essentially and um yeah like in terms of like the actual music that you attack with it's not just um the ones that complement the background music but there's like special abilities as well which kind of like um oh or add a bit of like flair and also like you can string together very combo like very you can make like very stylized combos and like physically well visually and musically as well and um yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, um, some other person in my uh, Discord um, came up with the idea of like, could, can you actually like individually choose the notes? And um, although that's an, I mean, I really planned the game start to finish. That is one idea that I've kind of been circling in my head. And like, you know, as if I do figure out how to do it, then I definitely will add that as a feature. But as of now, you are, get like, you learn combos from enemies and you basically can switch them around. And basically, um, string those together essentially. So you learn. It's like um, if you've ever played the game Absolver, where like you um, are a martial artist, and then you fight other martial artists, and then if you defeat them, you learn their moves. So it's similar to that, but in a musical sense. And um, you can kind of like switch them out, and basically kind of like form like a a string of like um, different combos that you've learned. Because um, the the reason why I've done it like that is because it's very reflective of how. I and a lot of other composers learn and develop their own styles of music. Like we get inspired, and like the music, the um, it, literally in the game, like that's the the music that you learn. They're called like inspirations. So like you know, you um add them to your inventory, and you basically like you know learn and you know develop them as you fight enemies and string them together. So that's kind of like how I've kind of done that system. Essentially, you learn combos. Like you learn music. That's so amazing. And and what a wonderful way to also, because when I was a kid, we used to watch Looney Tunes, which is, you know, a cartoon thing, but it was all classical music. And what is so fascinating about this is that young people are going to be playing video games and actually getting an appreciation for classical music and, and this wonderful the symphonic things that you're creating. I think that's absolutely brilliant. You're carrying on this older tradition in a huge new wave. I think that's incredible. And then like, it's not just going to be like classical music as well. A lot of people think it is because that's the content that I've only put out so far. But like, I, know, I mean, like there's going to be like jazz and that. like the music is going to be dependent on like the character that you play as essentially. So different characters will have different styles of music according to their own. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of personality based, but it's also like, you know, they'll have like sub genres as well that kind of like, like reflect them as a person as in chest It's that, like that. Wow. That's going to be awesome. Kind of like, yeah. And my many, my many, many years of like music composition has kind of like allowed me to be versatile with like genre. So that's kind of like something that I want to like exercise. Well, I mean, I've exercised before, but not to the extent that I'm about to in sort of symphony. And I feel like that's going to give me a, good um, opportunity to really like you know kind of like showcase like what like the, the versatility that i have essentially music wise which i've been kind of waiting to give the opportunity myself so yeah i'm able to finally do that and sort of thing so that's so great i mean you know as if people weren't impressed enough by you already this is gonna be that's very exciting that is a, that's very exciting news and um, if I if I could ask Stephen just a few like kind of 
technical thoughts, like different uh, questions here. Um, do you have like a, a company that is that you run? Do you hire employees to help you with anything? Or are you just doing all this alone? Um, yeah, I mean, I have a company, but I am the only person in the company. I mean, it's like it's even doing the if you know, I mean, it's not really a creative name since I had to think of it like, you know, quite quickly. Yeah. Because um, the reason why I spawned that company is so I can do business as a developer. And essentially, a studio, since, you know, that's kind of like, you know, when it comes to eventually contracting people and also receiving contracts, like, and doing collabs, which require contracts as well. Like, that's kind of like, I have to, I would be, you'd have to have a company, essentially. Like, right. you'd be able to businesses that and like you know so you can like have limited liability in terms of like that kind of stuff so um yeah that's, i i do run the company i'm obviously you know ceo of that company um but i'm in terms of like um people working with people um not nah, i mean i'm a solo dev still and i intend to do so until i see it's necessary to start slowly adding people on the team but the reason why i haven't done it already is because i've kind of taught myself everything i essentially need like everything in the production schedule of sort of stuff, I can do. Even I don't really intend to like work by myself. I like throughout the entire career. But I understand that to keep the vision intact and you know to be a lot more economical and also efficient with the way um, my projects are run, it's important that I do that gradually and not just you know do it all at once. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, collaboration is wonderful, but it also, um, you know you are you are actually doing something so original that um is really breaking through a lot of what is essentially kind of recycled uh you know material and you are creating new ground uh so really only only you know where you're going so so you have to you have to lead the way um that is incredible that is just amazing if you were to receive awards or to get accolades from this is that something that motivates you is is getting awards and accolades and like does is that something that motivates you or are you more so like a more about like i just want this project out awards and accolades i see them as more like a, a symbolic marker of like how far i've come well um it's not as important as the work that gets it. I'm more of the, uh, I just, you know, want to get it out there and I'm more interested in that. But um, I'm not opposed to the whole, like, you know, idea of winning awards and that sort of stuff. Like, I mean, I know some some people are very adamantly, like, against all forms of, like, you know, materialistic kind of, like, that kind of stuff. Like, uh, they kind of, like, you know, pride themselves on that. But, like, I, I, I see it more as, like, a, like I said, like, I see it more like a, symbolic marker of how far I've come. But it'll be quite a rewarding experience to like, you know, get that and to kind of like show that it really has come from nothing to something, you know. Like I feel like, you know, that is important. Like to kind of like, you know, be mindful of that. So then you can kind of like it kind of like shows you and you know anyone who sees that it really especially with how transparent I've been with like like with my process, it shows a lot of people that you really can start from nothing. And you definitely can get some to something as well. Like a lot of people will kind of like spin it, even though like they might not openly admit it. But it's it's definitely important because like it it's a symbol of like hope for you know people who want to do that. It's you can definitely get here. It's like it's it's it symbolizes like the end goal essentially. 
like, you know, the place that where people want to go. Like, it's, I feel like it's, it's a symbol of that. So it's just like, you know, you're, it's, yeah, I'm open to both, but I'm more open to like, you know, the actual work that gets the award because you wouldn't get the award if you didn't put it in the work. So, yeah. That's true. That's true. No, well, that's really well said. You know, it's it's this kind of uh, uh, recognition of achievement, and I think that recognition yeah. is is both personally satisfying, but also, like you're saying, it's it lets other people know that this uh, this goal is achievable. You know, I think that's a great that's a great source of inspiration. And in speaking about inspiration, you have done this for so many already. You know, um, and wait till the game comes out. People are just gonna be people are gonna be blown away by your achievement. Stephen, who inspires you? For well, music, my inspirations are like many of the same composers that you mentioned, like the Okunomura, Masashi Hamaguzu. Yeah, like it's back to cross like Eastern and Western composers. So those composers and also Western composers like Hans Zimmer and like Thomas Newman. Those are the ones that I um like listen to and gain inspiration from spelled specifically. Um, and also others as well, but those are the, like the forefront, which I kind of like, you know, incorporate in my style, um, for, um, animation and game development. Um, my inspirations are like, you know, companies like Square Enix, especially like the, um, teams that work on like Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, Unir, Automata, and that sort of stuff. Cause, um, a lot of my, uh, visual style wouldn't look, probably wouldn't look the way it does if I hadn't been inspired by those kind of like, um, those visuals essentially and like those art styles because um when i started purpose i wasn't necessarily like a big kingdom hearts fan yet like and purpose looks very um it looks more anime like actual anime yes because of psychopaths obviously but um after after you know like the more the more i um became indulged in like the kingdom hearts aesthetic the the more the gradual change of my art style kind of like like um, when according to that as i was using their visuals as a basis of my improvement in like you know, in how i basically do three that sort of stuff and um i've kind of like you know taken that and kind of like developed it and put my own spin on it my own like taste in it and kind of developed what my visuals essentially look like so um yeah in terms of like what inspires me with those like definitely those games and visuals that they were in life. Um, the person who inspires me is a uh... well. Obviously, that's a really good question because um, I mean, it's it, it, in a way, it's you kind of inspire yourself because I mean, like I mean, which is why, like I mean, it's not like a like ecosystem way, but like the person that inspires me the most is myself because it has to be myself because inspiration it cannot like you cannot rely on it alone to get where you want so like sometimes you have to like just you know where inspiration is kind of like absent you kind of have to like replace it with discipline essentially and that like my ability to do that kind of gives me confidence that i'm gonna be able to see it through and that generates the inspiration the motivation again so it's like I essentially have to like inspire myself essentially. Like I think like my biggest inspiration or like you know, the biggest motivation that I have is like me and just the potential, like, like the future version of myself that I have yet to become. That's what inspires me the most. Cause I can, I can see it. I can see that person. And like, you know, that person's basically 
waiting for me to be that person. Like that kind of like gives me the the push to be that person essentially. Like I kind of like, you know, look at that person and like, I want to be like that person because I will be that person essentially. So it's self-inspiration. Like I feel like that's the best, that's the best way because when you look to others for inspiration, which you can, you're on the risk of like, you know, trying what specifically what they did to get to where you need to be. The issue with that is that's their journey, not yours. Like, you're, like everyone has an individual part where they need what, on what they need to basically grow. Essentially, stay committed to the potential of where because that is always going to be at the end. And that that version of yourself that has completed it, like that is the reason why you started the project in the first place. That is where you you know that is the source essentially of the motivation. So like, you know, stay focused on that and stay mindful that if you, even though like, you know, you might not even visual progress sometimes, like every step you make, you're definitely, definitely getting closer than you were before you, before you make it. So, you know, that's kind of like, you know, what you have to remind yourself whenever it gets stagnant, like, and it's like, you wake up and it's like, oh, it's just, it's, it's just like, it's just, it's just feeling wrong, you know? Like just know that you know slowly by slowly that kilometer will turn into a meter, then that meter will turn into a centimeter, and that centimeter will turn into an inch. I think an inch is even I don't know that millimeter. And then I appreciate that for for me on the other yeah. side, you know. Yeah, yeah, you definitely you definitely get you just you might not even see yourself getting there, but you're definitely getting there. Like every every small step you take. I mean, obviously, don't like aim to make as big a step as you can. But even if you take a small one, you're you're getting there rather than if you didn't take the step at all. So, right, or just be, just be mindful of that. Just yeah, you get excited. Progress. That's what it's about, right? You know. On that note, you mentioned that you're going to be dropping something today, which is really exciting. Can you give us any indication as to? when we can see any type of playable demo or is that way too far in the future? That's actually not that far in the future as, I mean, this is the thing, like the um, alpha test, those of my demos are only available to like my patrons. And so if you're a patron, like you're, you, that's, that's, yeah, that's not, sign up and get up on that Patreon, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might even be releasing it tomorrow. Who knows? Like, <laughs> Or today, or it might be, or like test builds might already be out. Like you, you never know. Like that's the thing. Like I mean, I tell people, ah, oh, like you know, soon or ah, oh, like it, it might eventually, or you know, when it's ready, I'll I'll release it. Which is true because if I've already done it, then it really still stands. Like when it's ready, which it might already be, I already said, which I might already have. So um, you never know. You just gotta if you want to find out, you know, then become a patient i guess <laughs> yeah absolutely and but, that and that one yeah darren's need it for our patron is you're definitely going to get it when it's ready like and i want to make sure that it's not something that's i, I want to show that even if it's even if it's a test build it's still a you know rewarding experience to the fact that you're a patron so i want to make it you know as as good as possible so oh that's yeah. wonderful and and saying saying that people can uh, reach out to you and uh, subscribe to your Patreon. You got all sorts of different tiers. There's a lot of opportunity there. Um, and uh, where else can people uh, find you, Stephen? Where where would you like people to contact you or subscribe to you? Um, I feel like the, the um, social medias that I already have are just enough, like the Instagram and the Twitter. Um, 
yeah, just if people don't reach out to me, it's just send me a, a DM. I respond to every DM essentially because I've always done that. I want to keep doing that because you know I like you know some of the people like really passionate about what they're in. It really like makes me happy. So like I do communicate with them to the best I can because I like you know I'm not always the best replier, but like whenever I can, like I do go through every single one of my like for instance, like I mean I get a lot of like requested DMs and I also all of them so especially on instagram on your instagram you have a flow page that connects to kind of all your other links your spotify your patreon discord uh still um mentioned as well yeah i want you, yeah um, like, like every interview but um so something that i want to like you know also include in there is um so um like as a solo developer i'm also associated with like um six other solo developers i don't know who that because it kind of like links into like you know the kind of like net support network that like i feel like a lot of like um solo developers kind of like will want to have when they um journey in their um career because even though you will be working alone you're not always going to want to be alone in the sense of like where in, in the sense of like um your career essentially and um so um i formed this group called the inner circle uh, i'm amongst like you know like really really talented um other solo developers working on their own um, indie projects like me, like, like myself, essentially. Like, um, yeah, together, the seven of us, um, we kind of had the aim to not only like share each other's fan bases, which is what it was originally for, but um, also to um, kind of like learn off each other as we all kind of like push towards the same goal, essentially. It's really, really, really wonderful to to chat with you, Stephen. You know, on behalf of all these gamers, you know, thank you so much for everything you're doing. I really, really appreciate your uh, time, Stephen, and I look forward to uh, connecting with you further. Yeah, definitely. Same, same here. Same here. Thanks for the opportunity.